Welcome to the podcast. We call it The Assembly. Always glad to have you along with us. And, you know, I think sometimes we as believers find it hard to accept the forgiveness of God. I think we find it hard to accept the fact that God receives us back when we get off track. I think about Jacob in Genesis 35 and how God called him back to Bethel where he had first encountered God and he had been uh, sort of involved in some things he shouldn't have been involved in for probably a couple of decades. And God was calling him back. God was calling him back to that uh, covenant and to that relationship to him. The same thing he does to us today, the same thing he's always willing to do to us is call us back because we get off track sometimes. And sometimes we wander away from God and we get involved in things we don't need to be involved in. And we all do that. We all are in the same boat. And the God of the Bible, the God of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes, it's that Jacob we're talking about is a God of forgiveness, a God who allows us to turn around and come back and who allows us to have second chances and as many chances as we need in order to be right with him. But the key is to always be willing to accept the forgiveness of God. I wonder if we had been involved in, you know, like idolatry the way that Jacob was. He had to put away those idols in order to come back to God. I wonder if we had been involved in that if we would have accepted the forgiveness of God like him because we're so hard on ourselves, we're so hard on our past. But God is always the God of forgiveness. And no matter what you're involved in, no matter what you've been involved in, God will always forgive you if you come back to him. So we see in the life of Jacob, a God who calls us back to Bethel. Bethel means house of the Lord or house of God. And that was a place, a special place where Jacob had encountered God and had made some vows to God. And uh, yet he had gotten off track. And so many people in the Bible got off track. You know, the Bible is not a book about superheroes and people of super faith who always did what was right. The Bible is a book about people who messed up and who messed their lives up and who messed the lives of other people up a lot of times. And, uh, you know, I wonder if we would trust the forgiveness of God the way that Jacob did, if we had been involved in idolatry, for example, uh, would we accept the forgiveness of God? I certainly hope that we would because it would be real. God's forgiveness is always real. God's forgiveness is always offered free of charge but you have to accept it. You have to receive it. And you receive it by faith. You receive it by putting your trust and your faith in God. And if you've wandered away from him, coming back to him, coming back to Bethel, coming back to the Lord's house, coming back to fellowship with God, all different ways of, of saying the same thing. Because God is a God of forgiveness, a God who is willing to receive us when we repent. And, you know, we've wandered off into the wilderness of sin. And we realize it. We realize, what have I done here? Why have I done this? And we decide to go back. And we find out very, very clearly that when you decide to turn to God, God is turning to you. In fact, God has already turned to you. He's the one calling you back. So Jacob was able to turn his life around, and he became uh, one of the great heroes of the faith. But it wasn't because he was such a great man in and of himself. It was because he was connected to God, and he listened to God and turned to God and accepted the forgiveness of God. And if you know anything about Jacob, you know on his own he was not a great man, but God made him great, and God made him a person of faith because he put his trust in God. And God will make you a stronger person of faith if you put your trust in God. It is about the faithfulness of God. It is not about the faithfulness of mankind. And we see throughout the Bible, the people who trusted in God and the people who followed God were just ordinary men and women who had serious problems. They had serious difficulties. They had serious uh, struggles with their faith. 
and yet they were willing to trust in the forgiveness of God. And that's what you and I have got to be willing to do. We've got to be willing to trust that God's forgiveness is stronger than our sin and than our mistakes, than our shortcomings. What if we had committed idolatry? What if we had been like David and had committed adultery and then committed murder to cover it up? Would we have accepted the forgiveness of God the way that David did? What if we had uh, done some of the things that uh, Israel had done that led them into captivity, some of the terrible sins they committed, and yet God was extending to them forgiveness? All sins are equal in one sense. We are all guilty before God, and your sins are just as bad as mine, and mine are just as bad as yours. But at the same time, the consequences of some and the devastation caused by some are a lot worse than others. And we look at some of the sins that were committed by certain people in the Bible, and we wonder how in the world could God forgive that? How could God look past that? And the reason is because he knew he would give his son to die for our sins. And now he looks back to the cross and he knows that Jesus has died on the cross for our sins. He has paid that sin debt and he can forgive any sin, no matter what it is. But we have trouble with that. We struggle with that. We struggle with receiving the forgiveness of God. And we don't need to. We need to be like Jacob. And we need to say, no matter what I've done, God has forgiven me and I will restore myself to the Lord. He restored himself. He restored his family. He got everything back on track because he listened to the voice of God. Here's a man who had been wandering away from God, but he heard the voice of God and he responded. And the same thing you and I can always do is return to God no matter what we've done. Now, I think about Revelation chapter 2 and the church at Ephesus. And, uh, you know, Paul had written a letter to the Ephesian church, and it was a very positive letter, and nothing negative is said about them. You know, they were so faithful to God, and you know, they needed some instruction, of course, but they were, Paul was celebrating all that God had done with them and for them and through them. And Ephesians and Philippians, two very, very positive uh, letters. But by the time you get to Revelation chapter 2, Jesus writes a letter to them and says that they had left their first love. So this is how easy it is to happen. Uh, they were doing some good things, but they had lost their passion for the Lord Jesus. And we find ourselves in that same situation sometimes. We are uh, doing good things, but we are just not as uh, focused on the things of God as maybe we should be. And we need to do exactly what God tells Jacob to do, exactly what God tells the Ephesians to do, to remember to remember what God has done for us. Uh, you know, in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says that uh, you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. And he recounts their former conduct, their former life. And then he says in verse 8, but by grace are you saved through faith. God has saved you, and he saved you by his grace. And so remember what God has done for you and return to that state. Return to your dependence upon God. You know, it's easy to forget how dependent we are upon him. It's easy to forget that we are uh, nothing without him, that we are totally uh, in his debt. And when it comes to spiritual things and spiritual matters, we have nothing to offer but sin. We have nothing to bring to the table but sin. But God in his grace and in his mercy offers us freely the free gift of salvation. And then we receive it and we live for him. And then we caught up in things. We get involved in things we shouldn't be involved in. And so we turn around and we say, Lord, I'm sorry. And we remember that God is always calling us back to him. And we remember that James chapter four says that if you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. And we remember his promise in the book of Malachi. If you return to me, I will return to you. That he's always willing to receive us. And 
when we receive him as Lord and Savior, we, we understand that we enter into a covenant relationship with him and that he is always there for us. And so some of you probably, and I know I've been in this situation, and some of you right now may be in that situation where you're just not as close to him as you feel like you should be, or you've wandered away from him and you want to know if you can come back. Well, the answer is always yes, you can come back. You can come back to him. You can receive him anew. He will receive you anew and forgive you no matter what you've done. So that's the mighty forgiveness of God. We have unlimited resources in Christ. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And those blessings include the forgiveness of sins and the forgiveness of sins. And this is all in Ephesians chapter one, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, takes away every bad thing that we've ever done, every bad thing that we've ever thought about doing, every bad thing that we will do in the future. But we have to repent. We have to stay with him. We have to walk with him. And when we wander off, we got to do like Jacob. We got to come back. We got to come back to the house of the Lord. So what is involved in coming back to the Lord? Telling him you're sorry and asking his forgiveness and believing that he will forgive you. Because for there to be a restoration of fellowship, you have to believe that God is going to receive you. And then you put it behind you and you go forward, uh, just like just like Jacob did. You go forward for God and you become the person, the man, the woman of God that God has called you to be. And you put your trust in him. And all that is involved in trusting God, walking with God, obeying God, seeking to obey him, seeking to please him, all of those things become a part of your daily routine. But you do those things not to earn anything from him because you can't earn anything from him. You do those things to show your appreciation and to express your faithfulness because faithfulness is required, being faithful to God, because God is faithful to you first. And we receive the Lord Jesus. We receive his forgiveness. We receive his kindness. And then we mess up again. What happens then? How many times is God willing to forgive us? No matter how many times you mess up, if you can repent, if you will just repent and you can repent, if you will turn away from those sins and come back, then God will always forgive you. This is illustrated in so many ways in the Bible. You know, in Matthew 18, Peter asked Jesus, how many times shall my brother sin against me and I have to forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said, not seven times, 70 times seven. As many times as he is willing to repent, that's how many times you forgive him. And the reason he said that is because that's the way God is. As many times as we are willing to repent, God is willing to forgive. So don't stay in the wilderness of sin. Don't stay in the wilderness of idolatry. Come back to Bethel. Come back to the fellowship. Come back to the house of God and receive the forgiveness that God has for you. But then don't look back. Don't look back anymore. Don't look back to the past sins anymore. Look to the future. Look to what God is doing for you right now. What is God interested in doing in your life? And God is interested in changing you, transforming you, making you into a new creature. And he wants you to give your life uh, to him and live your life for him. And that is the way that it works. Simple as that. It's a relationship, a relationship based on faith, a relationship based on action, showing your faith by the way that you live, by the things that you do. And he is always calling you to that fellowship, calling you to that relationship. So when you are down, when you are discouraged over your past, think about the people in the Bible and think about how they were not superstars. They were just ordinary men and women who sinned and who messed things up very badly. But God forgave them. And remember that 
if you had committed some of those sins, would you be willing to accept the forgiveness of God? Well, then yes, you should accept the forgiveness of God in your own life, no matter what you've done now, because that is the way this works. That's the way the relationship with God works. He is in the forgiving business, and he is far better at saving than you are at sinning, far better at forgiving than you are at messing things up. So turn to him, receive his forgiveness, and then go forward showing your appreciation for him and what he's done for you. Uh, there's nothing that you can do to repay him, but there's plenty that you can do to show how much you appreciate him. And living for him and obeying his word is the number one way to do that. So love Jesus and live for him, regardless of how many mistakes you've made in the past. Because one drop of that blood of Jesus can take away everything that you've done wrong. And it is as simple as that. And we've all messed up. We've all caused uh, so many problems in our lives. But the sins of the past are not what matters. The forgiveness of the present and the fellowship of the present. That's what matters. That's what God is looking for. And that's what God offers to you and to me. So think about the Apostle Paul and how he was a blasphemer and how he was a persecutor of Christians and how God saved him and redeemed him. And if you had been a blasphemer, if you had been a persecutor of Christians, if you had gone into Christian homes and had caused uh, the mother and father to renounce their faith in Jesus and had caused people to blaspheme the name of Jesus and had taken off the parents to jail and separated them from their kids. And then all of a sudden you realize that Jesus is the one that is the son of God. He is the way he is the real Messiah, the real savior of the world. Would you be able to accept forgiveness for being a persecutor, for being a blasphemer? Paul was, he was able to accept it. He received the forgiveness of God. And no wonder he went forward to live his entire life in service to God because he realized how good God had been to him. He realized the forgiveness of God. He realized that no matter how bad he had been, God had forgiven him and had shown him grace. And you listen to him in Galatians 2.20. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Think about that. Here's a man who says, I was formerly a blasphemer. I was a persecutor, but God showed me kindness. God showed me forgiveness so that in me, people would see the long suffering of God, would see how forgiving and compassionate God is. In other words, Paul was an example of how good God is and how forgiving God is, no matter what you've done. And Paul realized that. Paul realized that he was that example. And so he accepted the forgiveness of God and he went forward and he never forgot where he came from. And he was constantly telling people, I was once a persecutor of Christians. I once did not believe in Jesus and I caused people to blaspheme Jesus. And yet God showed me mercy and God showed me kindness. And he went forward pronouncing and preaching the forgiveness of God. And he said, look at me, look at how forgiving he's been toward me. Certainly he can forgive you. Would you have been able to accept his forgiveness if you had been a blasphemer, if you had cast your vote against a man like a Stephen, a good man whose only crime was preaching Jesus, and you had said he is worthy to die? And that's what Paul did with Stephen. And that's exactly the kind of life that he lived. That's exactly how much against the ways of God he was, against Christianity that he was. And uh, he was sincere in it, but still that didn't change the fact that what he did was just terribly wrong. Would you have been able to accept the forgiveness of God 
if you had done what Paul did? The answer needs to be yes. And if God can forgive Paul and Paul can accept forgiveness for the things that he did, then you can certainly accept forgiveness for the things that you've done and allow God to take those things away and make a new creature out of you. And you will be able to say, it's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. And the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me, and I will live for him, and I will let Christ live through me. And that's sort of like his life verse there in Galatians 2.20. And it should be our life verse that Jesus loved us and gave himself for us and redeemed us from all of our iniquities, all of our sins, and made us new creatures and gave us a new start in life. That is the way that we should live. That's the way that we should think. So if God can forgive Paul, if God can forgive Jacob, God can forgive you, God can forgive me, and he can use us as well. So let that go and accept the forgiveness of God. Accept the powerful forgiveness of God and realize that he is always, always willing to receive you. And that's the thing that we learn from the people in the Bible who messed their lives up but received the forgiveness of God and had their lives put back together and were used in mighty ways by God. People like Jacob, people like the Apostle Paul, and people like you and me because we're in the same boat they were in. And God forgives us just like he forgives them. So don't forget that. Be willing to accept the forgiveness of God. I don't care what you've done. If you will repent, God will forgive you. God will use you. God will turn your life around. And let that be a reminder that we learn from the people of the Bible. God is always calling us back to Bethel, back to fellowship with him. And if you've never been saved, he's calling you to salvation. He's inviting you to be saved. He's inviting you to turn your life over to him and to accept his son, Jesus. If you've been saved, but you've wandered away and you've gotten involved in things like Jacob did, and it had been a long time for Jacob, then do what Jacob did. Turn away from those things and put those things away. Turn back to God. He'll always forgive you. He'll always take you back. And there's nothing you can do to cause God to love you any less. So that's the message of the gospel. That is the message of forgiveness, redemption, the message of salvation that God is always offering to us that we need to remember, we need to heed and never, ever forget. Appreciate you joining us. We'll look forward to seeing you next time on the Assembly Podcast.